can't even do that. Yeah, that's what happens when you don't sing for two weeks. <laughs> Who are we? Oh, is it my turn to do this? The screaming deers in the woods, <laughs> in the Paris Opera House dressing room, the Paris Opera House in my dressing room. This smells and like I don't know which side I'm on. Someday, you know what? Just do it. I'm there. Yeah. So, who did we who did we interview today, Miss Carrie? Ah, uh, our dear friend and colleague Christian Van Horn. Bass baritone extraordinaire who is in Paris, France, along with me right now. Yes. Different productions, singing Mephistophele in a new production of Faust here at the Paris Opera House. Yes. Who also has um, a little podcast called CVH Podcast, which we have enjoyed listening to. Yes. Let's see. We're going to go do a Verdi Requiem together in Malta. Yeah, he has been like the last minute fill-in bass baritone du jour. Du jour. Yeah, thank you, because we're in Paris. Thank you for a little bit of French there. Yes, and a father and a husband. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, a really just a fun guy. Carrie and I had the pleasure of singing Anna Bolena with him at the Canadian Opera Company. So yes. all three of us were in the same show. Yeah, we were. And I think he actually, as he points out, it's our first guest where all three of us have stood on the same opera house stage together. Yeah, that is a first. So he's, I think so. We had a, we interviewed a director that, that we, you and I both did. Right. Show of his at the same time, but yep. Christian Van Horn, funny guy. And watch this video, watch this clip and make sure to check out his podcast cvh cvh podcast on all places you can find the podcasts yes a lot of singer shenanigans as well absolutely good times good times people here's, check it out check it out here's a clip wait i'll do carrie <laughs> how old are we five this many Lean, leaning <laughs> Maybe this many. <laughs> Stay safe, everybody. Bye, everybody. Best advice you've ever been given. Uh, this is a slow burn. Oh, you want to do this as well as you can for as long as you can. That came from Greg Henkel. Um, Greg. He said, this, this is a slow burn, CBH. There is no rush here. You, you don't need five flashy years. You need 30 rock solid years. Slow burn. Hello. 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 Are you paying attention? Oh my God, this is so going on the video. He's so frozen. <laughs> oh, he's connecting to audio. He can't hear us. Hello. <laughs> oh, wow. Is it me you're looking for? Because I wonder where you are. <laughs> oh, there he is with his big microphone. This big microphone. Christian, can you hear us? Hello. Hey, thank you, Carrie. Can you, can you hear us? Oh, oh, are you there? <laughs> this is so going up.
Hey, oh my know. gosh how are you okay he's alive he's alive we just want you to know that that whole like two minute thing is going in the video just letting you know okay <laughs> you know it's like I, i've got all the equipment but i'm just past that age where it all makes sense i gotcha totally. now nah, you're not that old i don't i'm not buying it cheers 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 this I may or may not be a vodka today. martini but definitely is oh definitely is okay it's only 9 a.m here in nashville oh, so we're not drinking that early. And I am, I, I think I have to um, not drink today because my stomach is not a very happy stomach today. Oh, all right. Oh, Carrie okay. gave me her stomach bug across the internet. <laughs> you guys look great. Oh, I, I, just, thank I, you. I just put a black shirt on. I was like, well, now I'm dressed up. You guys look amazing. I mean, thank you. Well, hello. <laughs> you know, we are the, the screaming divas. I only I only do a radio show, so there's no there's no video. I'm I'm usually doing it in my t-shirt. Gary, we messed up. I mean, seriously, sometimes I wonder, like, what the hell were we thinking? <laughs> we should have just done the podcast and the hair on the top of the head and no makeup, maybe no even deodorant, because why? Nobody oh, knows. Well, I mean, yeah, you don't need deodorant either way. Our husbands know. <laughs> <laughs> how you doing? Yeah, doing how you doing? Good. Where are you? I'm I'm in my apartment. I'm in, in Paris. In Paris. Paris. Sandra, we're not even six minutes from each other. I know. This is another new one. We we did uh uh oh, he's frozen. Did you freeze? Welcome. Uh, you froze for a second, but it seems to be back now. Welcome okay. to the internet in France. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did an interview yeah, with no. Sophie Sophie Joyce and we were in the same building. And it still wasn't. Yeah, I'm the 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 internet over there is not it's not reliable. Well, you got to get on the. It's range. all you have, though, right? Still. Yeah. <laughs> That's a hot dang mess, people. She has I'm... no internet in her apartment. How long have you been in that apartment? <laughs> Two months. Three months. I mean, I don't know how you're surviving. I just thought that would kill me. Okay, no, Christian. I, I, I wouldn't to... survive either. Yeah. Christian, I need to know something. Please. Oh. How long did it take for your heat to come back on? Um, it was a, a whole 24 hours before it kicked back up. Yeah. It was like, it was 50 something degrees in here when I woke up, I was like, oh, cause normally I turn it off. It gets so hot. I would turn it off at, at night right. and then I woke up and I was like, oh, it's pretty bad. Yeah. It was about 24 hours. It was and do what? Come shower at your house. Yeah. Well, I have a second bedroom. Oh, really? Oh, damn it. <laughs> there. I gave it away now. Yep. Gave it away. I have a two bedroom, two bath. Fancy and still but no, no internet. internet. <laughs> and I just got my fridge on Friday. Oh, that's right. They brought one up there that didn't fit. Right through the window. Through. <laughs> I mean, I mean, oh. seriously, people, these are the joys of work, traveling, living on the road in other yeah. people's apartments. Like, and that's Sandra Rabinovsky. So you can imagine how it is for the rest of us. Oh, come on. Seriously. I don't know. I don't know, Christian. I'm really dang picky about where I stay. So I would yeah. never. I told her I would have taken Uncle Amex and checked into the nearest hotel to have internet. There's no I way. told Carrie she was going to give me her Uncle Amex. But, yes. you know. There's no way that would have happened. No. <laughs> my, well, my, nightmare, my nightmare is uh, uh, down feathered pillows and, and uh, comforters. Because if I get anywhere near it, like my eyes close up and I start wheezing, like it's the, so it's the one thing that we're like very, very clear about when we book a place. Like, there cannot be any duck feathers in this place. He will die. <laughs> he will die. You yeah. travel like with your own pillow? Uh, no, not usually. 
but you know, we can make it, you know, if you, if you give them enough heads up warning, it's usually okay. But sometimes it gets through and then I know immediately I'm like, <gasps> get me out of here. We're like that with cats and with internet, yeah. those two things. Yeah. And I, I put in there, if we get there and the internet is not what you say it is, we're leaving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or if there's been a cat in there, I know that too. Yeah. yeah. That's no way. Thing. Like peace out. I get, yeah. for me, it's smoke. Yeah. Like over if, here, if somebody... that's a thing. That's a thing. Yeah. And if, even if the apartment doesn't have it, you know, in these old buildings, the, it's the same ventilation system and oh, yeah. ooh, cause I have asthma and oh. when you get that smoke going on, it's like, like you Christian with be worse. People are like way better about smoking here. I mean, it's still going on, but there's a lot more vaporizing, which is at least it doesn't stink. You know, it's you true. Know, one of my favorite things was smoke. It was at Frankfurt and it's the intermission of Tosca and the whole orchestra is out on the outside having a smoke and our dressing rooms are right yeah. there. Oh yeah. And so then all of a sudden I'm like, why is my nose running? Why do I have like post nasal drip? What is happening? And then I'm like, oh my oh. God, <laughs> it was like an ashtray. But I mean, what do you do? I mean, there's nothing you can do. You got to figure it out. Oh, I was in Russia and they were just smoking in the building everywhere. Just didn't matter. Oh, sure. Smoking went on everywhere. Like, you just oh, deal sure. with it. Let's talk, let's just like tell everybody that we all know each other. We work together. We did a show together. I had a really good time. All three time. of us. I really Am I liked the you. the only guest that was in a show with the two of you at the same time? At the thus same far, time? Yes. Pardon? Yes, at the, yes, thus far, yes. I think so. But, yes. but we had a director that we both worked with at the same time. Yeah. Okay, all right, okay. And um, a lot of the singers we've interviewed, we both have worked with. Yes, but yeah, of course. Yeah, I just thought but, it was special that it was the same show. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. You are very special, Christian. Oh, yes, it's, it's Christian. It's very special. And we both were actually married to you in the same show. So, oh, yeah, we were. Right. Oh. Okay. Oh, man. I liked you the minute that I said, hey, can I bring in my scale and let's see how much we weigh with the costumes that we had to wear? <laughs> and you were like, yeah, do it. And I'm like, oh, okay, this guy's cool. He, I can hang. You never him. told me that. <laughs> They were I like was wearing like I had progress I had progressive fat suits. Yeah. And by the end of the show, I was wearing it had to have been 40 or 50 pounds in, in clothing. It was wild. Yeah, but you also had something in the front there to make you look a little bigger too. Like yeah, it, was, it was a it was a full-on fat suit. Oh my cod piece. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> oh right. yes. Because this is Anna Belena we're talking about. I requested <laughs> I was the bigger one, obviously. You know, there yeah. was like several to choose from. And I was like, do we have this is a no-brainer? Just you know which one. You know which one I, I want. It was hard there. not to stare at it during the show. Like, no, don't, Sandra, look forward, look forward, look forward. It just was like the focal piece of the whole. <laughs> I needed, I needed to take away from the fact that I was learning the opera on the fly. Well, it's like I'll distract oh. them with this. Oh man! All right. So, how has the pandemic been for you? Let's talk about that. Uh, okay, well, can we just say, like, uh, in his know, podcast, he's, like, described that to everybody. Like, the podcast, your podcast, everybody, if they haven't seen yeah. it, CBH podcast, you talk about that a lot in the beginning, about what happened. And it was the it whole happened. reason I started it. It, it was the whole yeah. reason I started it. I, I, uh, I, I, w I felt so disconnected. I'm not special. I was like everybody else sitting at home. You know, I did mm -hmm. 10, months, uh, 10 months of nothing. And after about eight months of nothing, I, I just felt disconnected so far. And I and and I think my wife was done hearing my complaining, and I just I just needed somewhere else to to go through it. And 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 in speaking to people, you know, most of my people are opera singers and lovers, and and so um, 
it was very relatable. You know, it was it was all of a sudden I was having a conversation with people where uh, it was okay to vent frustrations and 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 to be upset and you know and, and depression kicked in for a lot of people and and I wasn't I wasn't spared that either and um, uh, it turned out to be an incredible therapist for me to have this place to speak and and be real and and decide that it's okay to be pissed off about it you know yeah. I, I'm not not to discount the the horrors of the world um, but. Uh, pain is relative and my pain was right in front of me and it was the fact that i was had all these scores on my piano and one by one i'm throwing them on the floor because i wasn't going to get to it you know yeah. and you're just like it it depressed me to sing and but yeah. I, I i needed to use my voice i needed to get it out and that was that was the birth of the of the podcast you know there's there, there's a book called the seven stages of grief and it's not just grief is not just about when somebody dies yeah. We we all grieve and and so many singers friends of ours now are grieving the loss of their career for a year. Oh yeah. We we are going to lose singers to this for sure. There are people oh who God. will who will hit their ending point and say I need to do something else. I can't put all my eggs into this basket anymore. And no. and that's that's a tragedy. That's that's a huge a huge part of it. Um, it's not sustainable. You have to pay your bills. You have to pay rent. You have to keep keep living life and we said this the other day, I would be horrified if I was a young singer just starting out. Yeah. I mean, you know, at the, the prospect that this could take more years, they already they were already staring down years to get things going. And right. now you're tacking more on. And then the jobs that do come back are not going to go to them. It's, you know, we're all free, you know, like everybody's schedule is wide open now. And yep. so uh, there's going to be a whole reorganizing of the of the pecking order. And it's, uh, it's a it's a daunting thing to realize, I think, as a young singer. Has your voice changed in the time off? Do you do you find that it's become richer, fuller, different? Uh, that's interesting. I, I wanted to make sure that I just remained me. And okay. I, I stopped singing for three or four months. I didn't make I didn't make a note. It was too depressing. Yeah, and yeah. and so I, I had a concert to work up to in January. And so I started to just slowly get my work in, get my work in over a couple of weeks. And I and it, it wasn't long before I sounded like myself. However, stamina was a whole different topic. I didn't have six hours of rehearsal in me. And that right. was something that had to had to be built up uh, from not from square one, but almost, you know, like your, your muscles have memory and, and and you know how to do this. But I, there was there was a fatigue issue uh, that that worried me more than anything else. I, I don't know, maybe I'm a year older, maybe my voice is more mature, it's possible. <laughs> so does that mean that like when you hit France, because that was a last minute, you know, I have listened to your podcasts. So, oh. so France was a last minute thing for you. Did you find that when you hit rehearsals, stamina was still rough? I, I had worked up to this Attila Highlights commercial uh, uh, gig in, um, in Chicago. Okay. And so I was, I was, I felt like I was ready to work, but I, I had not worked six hours. And, okay. and so that was the challenge. And so every day I would just do a little bit more, a little bit in rehearsal, especially I was like, all right, all right, now today, sing all day, see what happens, you know, and I just built that muscle back up again. Um, we should tell people if they haven't listened to your podcast, what you're doing in France, like what show you're doing and what's happening with all that. Yeah. And talk to a, us about how that happened. Yeah. I got a call. Um, I was in target because that's what you do, you know, like, I'm, I'm pretending I know how to use power tools. I'm running errands. I'm driving I'm to school. Like I'm doing all those, all those things that are like <laughs> completely foreign to me, but, but you have to do them. Uh -huh. And uh, the phone rang and it was the agent. And so every time the agents called in the last <laughs> eight months, it's been a nightmare. And so I looked at it and I'm like, Oh God, what, what's gone now? What's gone now? 
and she said, uh, she said, it's a little crazy, but do you think you could be on your way to Paris on Sunday? I said, what's going on in Paris? Well, they're, they're starting a new production of Mephistopheles and somebody's not showing up. Uh, a new production of Faust and somebody's not showing up. Can you go sing Mephistopheles? Oh, yes. No, I'm sorry. The opera's named after you. <laughs> <laughs> there is one that is named yes, after me. Yes, I know. There's I'm one. joking. I'm joking. And so um, I thought about it for 10 seconds and I said, sure. And so immediately you're like, wait, where's my passport? Uh, I got I, I need a COVID test. Do I need work papers? You know, like what there was a million, I had a binder of papers to get me into the country because oh, yeah. all these uh, right. justifications and invitations and contracts, it was a whole mess of stuff. Of course, nobody looked at it when I crossed the border, they were happy to, you know, just like send you right on through. But um, within, within 48 hours, I was in this apartment, I had to quarantine for a week and then I could join, join a rehearsal in progress. Talk to me about the impact that had on your family, because that was so fast and furious. <laughs> You've been there forever. I mean, are you still dealing with that? Because you're used in a way, in a way, it was better because nobody had any time to think about it. Okay. It was just like this is work, this is a paycheck, this is what you do, go. And so there was no, there was no hesitation from from home. Um, I'm sure it was incredibly jarring on them. And my son, who's six, uh, that was that was jarring too, because all of a sudden after. You know, it was almost, you know, when you're six, a year ago is that that memory is so far ago, you don't really hold it. He doesn't remember me being gone so much. He only remembers me being home for 10 months. And yeah. so I said, Papa's got to go, my man. And uh, how long, where, you know, it was like all those questions. It was the first time that he seemed uh, yeah. upset, yeah. you know, but again, we didn't have any time. It was just time to organize and get on an airplane. Uh, I know it was jarring for them. It was jarring for me. Uh, it took, it took a little while before everybody was back into a groove and, you know, my wife and I know how to do this. We've done this for a long time, but uh, I think it was difficult for him. It was difficult for me. I was used to being with them. I liked it. It was, it was you know, if I could take my opera paycheck and just stay at home, I'd probably do that, but it's yeah. not possible. And so- um, uh, Did you miss was, it? Was, Did you miss around. all of this? Did uh, I miss singing? Yeah, and the whole, not just singing, but- Of course. Everything oh, about it. I mean, this Seeing is my- people. This, this is my, this is my identity. This is who I am. This is what I've been for 15 or 16 years now. And, and I do identify as a husband and a father, but I identify as a singer as much. And um, wow. that's, that's where the depression came in. I lost my road family. I, I lost my autonomy to some extent, um, making music, making a show, telling a story, having that, having that atmosphere that we all love. Um, God, it was amazing. That first day I walked into rehearsal, I felt emotional. And then that first day that we had the orchestra, the other day we sang, we sang our Zitz Pro and they feel that coming up from the pit. I'm like, oh, right. I took this for granted. I took this for granted all those years. Do you think you it's had, changed you, you now? Do you feel oh, like a changed sure. person this pandemic? Absolutely. I'll, I'll sing every performance like it's the last one because we don't know. I didn't know that a dress rehearsal of La Cenerentola for kids uh, in New York was going to be the last show I did. I had no idea. Not that I would have done anything differently, but I just would have uh, had the, the, recon you know, the recognition that that was going to be it for a while. And so I, I hope, and maybe we just go back to being selfish singers again. I hope not, but it's, I hope that I keep that idea of this could be the last one. This could be the last one. And, and that has to make us better, right? Have you ever thought about on the other side of that? I mean, eventually there's gonna ha be a day where we are not doing this anymore for whatever reason. So yeah. have you ever thought what your identity is after that and what your life could look like? And- Great question. I mean, I don't know 
I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing to me personally, because yeah. life has thrown me so many curveballs, even within this 20 years yeah. that um, I knew what I wanted to be on the other side. I knew yeah. I knew I'd be OK. So yeah, is it healthy to identify just as a yeah. singer? Do you think? Yeah, I, I, I hope that I don't only identify as a singer, but I do identify as a singer. It's a part of big part of it. Sure. Um, there, there will be a day where we're all done. We're all finished. And maybe we knew it was our last show and maybe we don't. Um, I didn't think it would happen at 42, right when things were getting good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and True. So that was, that was the, that was the part that was, that was so jarring. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that day will come, you know, there's, there's plenty of bases who, who went on and on and on. I hope, I hope I don't have to, I, I, I hope that I don't want to, I hope I'll know when it's time to leave with some amount of dignity left. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, but, a whole nother conversation, isn't it? <laughs> that is, look, yeah. look our, our replacements are out there and they're working hard. They are. And, oh. and, and there's a day where we're too expensive or, or don't have the right look anymore. There's, there's a million reasons why it's not, not gonna be us in the future. And so um, I, I'll accept that when those things are, are real. They're not real yet. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, you're too young. You're both too young. I had this conversation with the general manager the other day about Traviata and yeah, I'm going to be 52 next month. And it was a, it was a really tough moment for me and I didn't know it was going to be so tough, but I said, you know what? I'm not the ingenue anymore. Right. And that was like, I hung up the phone and I started crying. Oh, I was like, you're old Sandra, you know? <laughs> You but are you not sing, old. Like you sing such a you sing such a specialized nah. voice type now that there's only three of you and only one of you is good and and so the, the, your your ability your ability to do this uh, will will we'll go on as long as you want it to. But uh, well, but you to, know, it's staring you down in the face. It. It's hard. You yeah. don't you don't realize it until you get there. Yeah. See, and I started you... out singing old man roles, so I feel like I can end with old man roles. <laughs> and Carrie started out with the mezzo best friend, right? Yeah. yeah, I'm always like, well, I can always go back down to mezzo as an old lady, so why not? You know, I have no problem singing <laughs> it, whatever second screech from the left. Yeah, fine. Um, okay, wait. Started we... as a mezzo, I couldn't believe it. I did. Okay, so can we go back to something? Because in your podcast, I have to say, like comments like that, like make me start yelling at you. <laughs> <laughs> So there are moments where I'm like, I'm la I bust out laughing, like just belly chuckles. Other moments where I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about, Christian? <laughs> and then other moments where I'm like, did you really seriously just say that? <laughs> I, uh, the thing is, I don't edit it. And I, I'm, I just want it to be me. And if people, I would rather be hated for what I am than love for what I'm not. And so I just want it to be as authentic as possible. And if that ruffles feathers, so be it. The, okay. the rule book is out the window, uh, in my opinion. Now okay. that we've gone through COVID, I think the rule book is out the window. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think Carrie and I have definitely changed our lives. Wow. We talk about ourselves way too much. Let's talk about fame in this business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Define fame for me, for us. How would you define? Yeah. Fame? That's, a, that's a fantastic question. Um, <laughs> fame is a funny thing. I mean, uh, you know, we're, we're not going to be Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. It's not that kind of recognition, but within our circles, we have that, we have there, that stature exists within our little frame. Um, I, I, I think the ability to say no, whenever you want probably means a certain element of success 
and if success is fame, if that's the same, if those things are interchangeable, that that would might be my, my definition, my, my ability to say, no, not that something else, you know, I'll take some I'll take this instead, or, or when a when an intendant comes to you and says, what do you want to do? That's a level of fame, I think that very few people have, um, yeah. you know, <laughs> most people don't get that luxury where you sit down with the boss and they say, well, what do you want to do? And then you, you give mm -hmm. them the list and then that list happens. That's, that's probably a level of fame. Is fame fickle? Of course. <laughs> of course, we can all be replaced. You have five bad shows. What are you? Yeah. If you have, if you have two bad productions, what are you anymore? You have no, our value is, our value is done. You, I mean, there's name recognition. Mm. There are people who can sell tickets no matter what their voice sounds like, but those people are few and far between. Now they are, yeah. Do you do you think that that's the main goal of this business is to be famous? Is it for you? Um, no, but I think my goal in this business would would lead to that. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't I don't think famous is the is the is the goal. I think famous is probably the end result of the work. Um, I don't I think that's what happens after you um, achieve your goals as opposed to the point of it. You know, I don't. Yeah, it's, it's a byproduct of it. Anywhere, of course. I, I, I wanted to define that very early on for myself, because to me, there were certain opera houses I really wanted to sing at, but I also wanted financial security. So I wanted to know, could I raise a family? Could I buy my first house? Could I do all this stuff while singing? And to me, like the biggest success stories personally of opera singers are those who have raised kids, put them through college all by singing and singing on stages, whatever those stages are, whether it's the big ones or the medium-sized ones or whatever that is. To me, that was, that's a success story because we actually get to sing and act for a living and support ourselves that way. So for me- I remember a manager saying that to me a long time ago and not my manager, but they said, success is self-determined. Just like you said, if, you, if you're happy in a one bedroom apartment your whole life and yep. that's what you obtain, then you have been successful. Uh, there are people who have the world and still don't feel successful. It's all about, I think, um, your, your, it, it's so personal. I don't think it can be guided next right. to somebody else. There's only one Sandra Robinowski. And, and if every, every soprano out there says, I'm not going to be successful until I'm her, they're going to have a sad life. And so success is a, is a, is a, a scale. But I think there, there's a difference between success and fame. In my, sure. At least in my mind, and it maybe we're we're fucking flies there, but <laughs> you know. Oh my god, that is such a I hashtag. I've heard that one before. I have not heard that one before. Is that a Canadian thing? It might be. Yeah. Um, oh, Carrie, Carrie knows I have all the Canadian things. Did you have a plan when you started this career? Did you did you yes. map it out? You know, or did it just? I, I, I wanted I wanted to sing for a living. That's what I wanted to do. I that was my plan. And I was going to die trying. Uh, there was no plan B. I had no backup. Mm -hmm. I only saw one goal and that was it. Now, I think that my uh, determination and work ethic pushed me past that into a different realm. Um, but my only goal was to ever just to just make a living. That was my that was my goal. But I, it, I wanted to do it singing. I didn't want to do anything else. I can't imagine sitting behind a desk. Some people are brilliant at it. I am not. I, I, I've never done it. I can't imagine doing it. Um, I only had one goal. And I think for people at a certain level, and I'm looking at you, Sandra, um, it doesn't happen by mistake. Um, you need a plan. You need a focus. You're never going to 
hit the moon unless you decide to go to the moon. And so um, uh, that that was my focus. My, my, my goal was to have one singular focus and to get there. I had, I had, I set deadlines for myself. I don't yeah. know about you, Carrie. Did you have deadlines or things that you wanted to do by a certain time? I did, and then that all changed when I moved to Soprano. And then the whole, I had to jump off a cliff. I had to be brave enough whole to reset. Think, I'm going to, what? A whole reset? <laughs> a whole reset. I had to rebuild the whole career, and I had to prove to people that that's what I was. And so that put me back years in having to do that because I also had to try stuff out in crazy places just to see if it was going to work. Right, um, right. And then, and then it put me, then Soprano opened up a whole new world of singing in bigger houses and with bigger people and all that kind of stuff. And, um, and the pandemic has just kind of derailed a whole shit ton of, <laughs> um, so whatever, you, you know? just ramping up with all of it. You were just, Carrie, Carrie, I, I had worked with Sandra, uh, one, one or two times before we all met in Toronto. And then, uh, you and I were new to each other. We hadn't met. And all of a sudden you opened your mouth and I'm like, whoa what the hell is this? <laughs> like, I was, I was shocked. I'm like, there's two of these ladies in this show. What we're, we're, we're going to do. We're going to battle. This, this, man. this is a lot. There's a lot of noise. This is a lot of noise on the stage. I was so happy to be a part of it. I, I thought that all of a sudden my game was leveled because it wasn't going to be uh, Sandra and the, and the, and the, and the, and the backup singer. All of a sudden it was like, Oh, this is, we're going to have a show. This is a show. Players, man. Um, <laughs> I have to say like singing with, I mean, I know you know this, but singing with Sandra, like um, make sure you bring your A game. You better effing your A game. 100%. Except, when, gonna get rolled except over. when she spits on you in the duet. No, I'm right sorry. Here. You spit on me. You spit on me. That's and, what I said. Oh, sorry. When I, I spit on you. And the, I almost peed my pants. But um, that's why we're gonna do a concert because I mean I'm sorry, but we I I don't think I'm Marilyn Horn, but we need to bring back some kind of like uh, Joan Sutherland, Marilyn Horn. You guys could sell that in oh, a yeah. second. You could sell it in a second. It's time. Oh yeah, it's it's happening. It's happening. I love it. That's Divas a great idea. It's a fantastic idea. And we're gonna have a special guest, so stay tuned. I, oh please. I mean, I I have to ask yeah, special guests, but I have to, I mean, I admire the two of you in that really singular focus. I, I think because in college, when I lost the voice and I had to rebuild it, it made me really think, okay, oh my God, Marilyn was right. It's two little pieces of grizzle in your throat. It could go at any moment. What is, <laughs> is, that, life what, is that what she said? Yes. Yeah, she always did. She said, the piece of, two pieces of grizzle, it could go at any moment. What is your life going to look like if that happens? And so there was always wow. something in my mind where I had, I really want this well-rounded life. So at the end of it, and if that meant that I didn't make it to the level that you two are, I was totally okay with that because the career I've had has been um, so awesome and so fun. And so I've seen the world and not all of it, not yet, but um, does that make sense? Like it was, I just, I needed that picture when I hit 70 or whenever I'm on my deathbed, I wanted that. I wanted that vision. Does that make sense? But I've always admired people like you guys. There, the there is a like, price. There is a price to pay. Yes, there is. I agree with that. Missed birthdays, there, there, weddings. There's a there's a price price to pay. We we there's a sacrifice of almost anything you can think of. Yeah. Um, uh, and and um, you just there's a decision that you make whether or not you're willing to deal with that. And right. and I get I get worried that I'm gonna that I'm gonna be too cautious because I'm gonna be sad later. And um, I, it's just not the right approach for me. Okay. Uh, and so I, I, I am willing to a point um, to, to pay the cost. And um, 
maybe that someday that'll change. It's very possible. I don't I don't discount that that could happen. But um, for now, I'm I'm comfortable with it. Cool. I don't know. <laughs> maybe you're do done you with this type lessons? of music. Uh, I do check in. I get the fifty thousand mile tune up. I don't take regular lessons. Um, uh, I have I have trusted people and coaches who who are happy to tell me if I sound like me, or mm -hmm. if I if I ask an opinion, will give it honestly. And so I I trust that. But I don't. I've only had one voice teacher. He gave me such a solid foundation. Um, but your technique is your technique. It's not a, a teacher doesn't transplant it into you. You it gets filtered. And and so I think what I do, I I know better than anyone. Now there are people you can't hear yourself the way other people do. And so I do have trusted people, but I don't take formal voice lessons with any regularity. I, I see my teacher once a year if I'm lucky. Okay. Wow. But the bass voice is a little different too. I mean, you guys are a different animal, right? It doesn't change as much. As I, I don't know. I, that's that's what everybody says. I, I you know it's not. I don't have to do a little pianissimo thing like you do. And so you're you're a Ferrari, and and I can you you need that fine tuning done by a specialist. Whereas um, uh, I I just don't have to deal with that kind of pressure or 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 um, you know, tiny little yeah. Uh, specific I things. get it. I get it. I can I make it. I make my noise. I make my noise. I know when my vibrato sounds slow, er. And I know how to fix that. <laughs> that's my. That's the only thing that I need to keep myself a check on. You know, slower vibrato, man. That were um, my only problem. Yeah. Can we go back to like pandemic <laughs> and, and ten months at home? Um. So, how much housework did your wife make you do? Oh, I, I, I have, I have an angel uh, that I live with. Um, she would probably never ask me to do anything. Um. Uh, she 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 is incredibly self-reliant i have been gone for so long mm -hmm. for so many years now that yeah she it's not like i i get there and the place is a disaster i get there and the place is running beautifully and then i just figure out where i can help uh and, okay. and start to start to you know figure out okay let, let me handle this let me handle this while i'm home make, i'll do this while i'm home and, and just take the pressure off and sometimes it's as simple as uh doing the laundry or or putting my son in the bath or just driving to school. It's it, the very simple things. My, I, I don't, I don't, um, I don't know. I think, I think I do what's obvious. And so it's not like I just go home and put my feet up. I think I'm, I think I'm helpful right away. And so even a little bit of help feels like a lot. Do you find, Sandra and I both have talked about this because uh, we both have been married for forever or have been in a relationship for forever. Um, that sometimes when you're away and you come back in, it's almost like you have to fit in with their life because the minute oh, yeah. you start, you know, doing your own stuff. It, it's sometimes there's a little like, why did you move my stuff? Why did you put something there? Why do you, you know, there, the, you, what do they call that? Uh, it's like, it's like reintegration or something. You yeah, have to, yes. you have to find your, find your space. And, and because they, they do have something in progress. And so fortunately it was the summer where all of a sudden my son was off of school. And so we all sort of entered this new time together. Okay. Uh, but, but yeah, there's, there's a couple of weeks there where you're just not sure where you fit in. And it's not that they're being unwelcoming. They just have a routine. Right. And, and so you're trying to figure out where it is you come in there. And, and I, and I stupidly end up blowing up some of the routine because I'm, my son will say, Hey, can I have three cookies? And I'm like, have six, you know, like, I don't, <laughs> I'm like, it's a cookie. Enjoy buddy. Of course have the cookies, you know? And then all of a sudden, and your wife's all of like a sudden I'm, he's not eating his lunch. And she's like, what happened? And I'm like, Oh, I, I don't know. We just had some cookie, you know, like, I don't, I think I ruined that kind of stuff. <laughs> Will she ever, does your wife ever travel with you or will she? Yeah, you think my my wife traveled with me for, for 12 years before my son was born. 
And so wow. we got to see the world, you know, it was like one wow. long permanent vacation. And back then I wasn't singing anything that even required me to be in much rehearsal. And so we, we had a good oh, old time. You're so lucky. Yeah. <laughs> Did you be a singer? Yeah, Kelly was a singer. We, we met in school and she sang for, um, I guess she stopped singing 2007. So 2007 to 2014, she was with me nonstop, just everywhere, all, all over the world. And, and we had a great time. And then when my son was born for the first five years, we all went together, just the three of us. You know, he wasn't in school yet. Now, now that he's in school, it's a whole different ballgame. Wow. Yeah, well, it. cherish it. He's going to yeah. be driving and then married and... Oh, yeah. my God. I'd like to hit pause. I, re I really like six. Like, six-year-olds understand me. I, I got six-year-old humor down. And so, and so I can make him laugh real easy. And so it's, it's the perfect time. It, it, you know, in five yeah. years, dad's going to be really lame. But for now, I'm pretty cool. Do you miss being oh, together? Oh, sorry. Do you miss being together like that? Do you miss traveling like that together? Oh, sure. It's not easy traveling. I, I travel by myself way better than I travel any other way. And, and um, traveling with a baby is a whole thing. It's, it's, um, it's not fun. Internationally, we went on plenty of international trips and you're just, they're off their sleep schedule. Like, you know, a, a newborn baby needs about 20 diapers a day. Like this is, <laughs> and you're on some eight hour overnight oh. flight, you know, and we're sitting in the back back then. <laughs> you can't put a baby in the front. No. You're in the back. And and, and the uh, stairs you get at the screaming baby. I remember know? a guy, yes, a guy stairs. grabbed me, a guy grabbed me in the back of an airplane one time. And my son was, he was doing okay, but it was, you know, it was towards the end of the flight. He had enough. And the guy grabbed me and he says, just let it wash over you. Just let it wash over you. Like, <laughs> like th this time will go by and it'll be a memory. Just, this is, this is the nightmare time. Just deal with this now. And <laughs> I, I appreciate that because not every, because people do give you the death stare, but there's also people that went through this and they're like, it's okay. It's okay. Everything's oh, I know. But in the moment, it's just like, is this ever going to end? Oh, you can't yeah. believe it. No, you, yeah. So I want to talk about, we want to talk yeah. about social media with you yeah. because yeah. you know, listen, Go, Carrie. Carrie, no. go. No, do it. Do it, girl. Do you? What do you feel? Is there? A, is there an etiquette? Do you feel for social media, or is it just the wild west now? I hope there's etiquette. Tough question. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't like. I don't like the curated feel of a lot of it. I don't like the framing of a lot of it. I get put off by that. I feel like I can smell it. I can smell when somebody's showing me how beautiful everything is, because as wow. we all know, sometimes you don't have a refrigerator and Wi-Fi, and uh, and and some you know like yeah yeah you know what I mean like there's there's a million things about this road life that aren't just rosy and and so I get I get troubled and it's not just our people it's it's it, this is everything where you start comparing yourself to somebody's online personality and I think that I think in a lot of ways that's poison. Yep. Um, yep. This is a necessary medium. Clearly, clearly, it's necessary to an extent. I have my limits. Other people have different limits. Um, uh, I'm allergic. I'm allergic to anything that smells false or fake. Uh, that that I, uh, that I recoil from. And, and that was that was a lot of the podcast. And, and like Carrie said, where she was just like screaming at me or laughing hysterically. I'm just like, I think I think it's just real for better or for worse. And okay. so I thought if I'm going to be a part of this world of content and yeah. social media, I'm just going to be me, whether or not, whether or not people like that or not, I'm not, uh, that's not my goal here. I'm just, I'm just going to uh, use this authentically. I hope I do. 
I hope Did I do. Call, call me on my bullshit, okay? Okay. Uh, well, we're putting it out there. Um, <laughs> did you think about about your presence on social media before you started the podcast, or did you just kind of do it and say, "Hey, I'm jumping in with both feet, and we'll figure it out later"? I, I had I had everything. I had the Instagrams and Facebook fan page, whatever that means. Um, yeah. I did those things. I have a Twitter account. I'm not on there, but um, yeah. I don't know. It, it, it happened so fast, and I was I was hard on some people who really embraced it. I was hard on some friends of mine who really embraced it. And I didn't, I didn't like that you know, people that people with tremendous amount of talent. And I thought, you don't need this. You don't need to do this. You're, you're an artist that speaks for itself. And I, and I got troubled by how much time and effort I thought was going into it. And, and I wasn't accusing them. I just didn't want to have to do it. I didn't want to have to join this because, you know, at first it's Facebook and then it's Instagram and then it's uh, TikTok and then, then there's all these words I don't even know anymore. And, and um, I go, do I have to, do, do I need another goddamn username? You know, like, do I need, do I need to sign up for another one of these things? Like when, when are we done with this? Can we just like, this is, this is enough. You know, there's always the new and next thing. And, and um, I, I was hard on people early on who really embraced it um, and challenged them to tell me why it was so important. But I, I understand the, the need to connect. I understand the need to continue to be present. Um, uh, th those things make sense to me in 2021. I, I get it. Um, mm -hmm. I, I see it from a distance, you know, I view it from a distance to, to, to some extent. Um, because I was yeah. really tired of the fake bullshit on social media. And I wow. really found real, the right place with me. <laughs> I, I, yeah, you know, I really wanted real conversations with artists about the life and not this glossy picture. Cause it's not always that way. We just had, we just, I, I also thought the, the, I don't think my friends sound very good through my computer speakers. I don't, I don't get that. I don't get the hair on the back of my neck standing up when I, when I hear the online singing, I don't, I don't think there's any future for us with online singing. Now, look, we may, we may add an element of this streaming has become more important. I understand that, but in the theater, I'm not sure any of this has got any sort of legs or longevity. I'm really curious. I'd really love to know. Um, so maybe on one of your podcasts, after you do the first show where they're <laughs> filming, right? I want to yeah. know what that feels like because how does yeah. that feel like to sing? To, I mean, they might have patrons in the audience, so maybe a hundred people. But what I mean, what does it feel like to only sing to that when we're used to having what fifty to ninety percent capacity most times? So I want to um, know. I'll definitely, feels. I'll definitely fill you in on that. You know, we, um, I, I think that some of the pressure will undoubtedly be off because you won't feel the crispiness of that, of that crowd. You're not going to feel their presence. So I think I agree. The pressure may be off a bit. Sandra can tell us she did two, two Aida's like this, but we still have to do a show and we know that potentially a lot of people will see it online. And even if they put the best version of the two we capture, um, you know, that that's another cushion to have, but, um, same time, you know, we have to be us. We have to do a, we have to do a job worthy of this place. What about live? I mean, Sandra um, can talk about this because she and I've talked about it personally, but just about a live live streaming, the show is being like, holy crap. Like that's a little yeah. scary. That's different than way, a live audience. Oh, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Is yours live? Is your Faust going to be live? No, no. Two, two captures, two captures, you know, and d did you do a live live? Yes. Oh, maybe we are. And I just don't know. It's very possible. I don't know. <laughs> maybe you don't want to know. Just don't know. With the hardest <laughs> note in, in all of the soprano repertoire. Go! Nobody's, ever gonna, 
nobody's ever going to feel bad for you, Sandra, because you make it sound easy. If you made it sound hard, we might be worried for you. Yeah, but well, I was could. talking to myself. So I'm sorry, but she, it could have been one of those moments, you know, like on the YouTube where they have every famous singer everywhere cracking on the high. So there is, you know, of course she's peeing her pants. Like this better not be one of those moments. <laughs> and I was here alone. I tell you, I was doing like talking to myself in my dressing room when I came back off stage. I was really? like, you can do this. So, like literally really? out loud. Because it's so nerve wracking. I love I mean, that that still happens for you. I love that that is still something that you go through because uh, you know I, I would think that if you reach a certain point you say well it's only me and i'll just do it the way i do it and fuck them if they don't like it but that that's still that 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 pressure is still self put upon yourself i love that yes. i hope i'm always like that and it's forever out there i mean we have to remember that once they've recorded this people yeah. can forever listen to it oh and, yeah, yeah. yeah and usually we've signed it away for nothing Oh my God. Okay. Oh, we, all right. A, we have to talk about that. But first off, do you have any say Christian over which takes they take, which do you have any oh, say? I'm, what's I'm sure I don't No, I'm sure I don't. Uh, there's only one person on this trio here that, that has that kind of say, and it's oh, not me. <laughs> She's down here for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, well said soprano might have not sung her best high C in the O Patria Mia, but she I'm did pretty sure. the first I'm, I'm pretty sure that I did a, a Norma in San Francisco that was supposed to be put out and was never put out. <laughs> Are you talking to Carrie? <laughs> <laughs> I think I was pretty sure I was like, oh yeah, you're gonna get, you're gonna get a DVD fee. And I was like, fantastic. And then they were like, oh yeah, about that DVD thing, it's not happening. I don't know why that happened. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Tell me this. Why? And I, I just don't understand this, and I don't know how to change this. But in the whole realm of music performers who sign contracts, we are the only fools that sign the contracts we sign for digital content. Nobody else does this. Our, our contracts, when an, another lawyer who works for entertainers looks at our contracts, they say, you are idiots for signing this. And I'm including I, I, all I'm of sure the- the, the, I'm sure the, 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 you know, it happened. I'm sure the, you know, before singers weren't paid for the HDs at the Met, you know, and that, that had to be fought tooth and nail for. And there is a fee structure on those that you, you get something or it's half a fee or one full fee. I forget the- It's ridiculous. The terms of it, but-, but but before then there was there was nothing but i think originally it was hard to know when it was going to make money or how many people were going to see it there's no prediction you know and they didn't know how successful it was going to be and i think the terms are from they predate the success of it um, but i don't you know how, how it, it all costs have to be recouped before we start to see anything right and so just right. to sign away a fee or half a fee or whatever it is at least we're getting that uh, because if you're waiting for the back end, that could be pennies and it could be years down the road. And so I, I do sort of understand why we sign away the initial, okay, we're going to do an HD in the movie theaters. Here's an extra fee. Uh, I, I understand where that came from. And I appreciate it because I think if I was, if I was signed on to make, you know, 1% of the back end, you know, that, that could be nickels by the time it got to me. But we if are we ever, now, sorry, what? Well, if we knew that they were going to be, especially the Met was going to be, broadcasting all of these HDs for free. Um, oh, post, think, like during right now where, where, yeah, they keep putting up another one that, yeah, yeah. But I think from going, I don't know. Forward, going forward from here though, I think that digital is now part of our career period. Yeah. So you're right. I think you're right. 
it'll it'll stay here i hope it's not as prominent as it is but there there'll be an element that always exists and we may we may be in shows that are designed for that purpose well i mean there there is an element i didn't say this but we have to people probably don't realize that we have to modulate the way we sing i had to think about the way I sang for this Aida, the way mm. I sang when I did Napoli, when I sang in Wuppertal, Germany for the Med HD, because singing for mics is not the same as singing for an audience. Because not just capturing your voice in that space, you had to actually consider a microphone. And you need to think about that too, Christian, for the Faust. You but I won't. I mean, I won't. I'm not going to. I'm not going to change what I do for that. What What would there's, I do differently? There's an element of singing for the mics that that we have to think about and i don't know if a lot of people know that they're tell me what though tell me what in what respect i don't sing a hundred percent when i'm singing for mics when because i have a mic on me because here, you don't have because you don't have to or because you think it's going to sound overblown or it does sound overblown gotcha and well, i mean I but mean, i mean I, i'm i'm there is no audience so of course i can't say this but i yeah. sing for the people who've, who've bought a ticket and are sitting in front of me right sure but i do too and yeah. that's, a, that's a decision that we have to make too. The Met HD is a little different in that the mics aren't on us right here, yeah, but the yeah. mics are in front of us. So I sing Met HDs, I sing like I sing in a real theater. I, but I when did you... a, a Met HD last year and my microphone was on my lapel and oh. I, got, I got grabbed by the baritone and he put his goddamn hand over it. And, and during a humongous section of the duet, I was out, I was out. I just what it was like, a, it's like somebody had turned it off because he had his hand over it. And uh, I don't know, like, I can't, I, I can't try and consider what's going out over the, over the recording. No, I I don't know. Know, the, the, the people in the house heard me. And that's, I guess that's all I can. That's, I'm not no. sure I could worry about much more. You have to think about it. It's, it's no. a conscious decision. When I did my first Med HD, I had to think also not just the sound, but the faces that we make are. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the close-ups. Yeah, the close-ups are a whole different thing. I'm a lot better at about 50 feet. I, when you get right up on top of me when I'm singing, like one eye, one eye is like traveling. And yeah, <laughs> they don't need of... to see all the fillings that we have, right? You know, yeah, like... Or you're like, you know, how many singers are out there popping their ears every five notes i mean you know we've all worked with the people with the ear poppers and and they're yeah. they're making all sorts of noise right. <laughs> and faces Spinners, like yeah. don't you think though that i mean i'm question sonar because do you think that's for larger voices the yes. larger voices really have yeah, okay, to really yeah. think about that yes um and that's my coach he taught over. me that sing for the mics because you have to he says sonar you can't go whole hog you know you can't give 100 percent like especially in the triumphal march you know when when you're just trying when when it's live you have to give 150 percent to to ride over that chorus and all the verity stuff yeah. but when you have a microphone on you're like okay yeah. so that's it you don't have to work quite as hard because if they can't right. hear you they'll just turn you up mm -hmm. right but yeah. then there's a, there's an element of distortion i would i would have a thing through that whole score all those moments where you feel like you have to blow it out i wouldn't do it not if you're not for hd Nope. Yeah. yeah you don't call, need to. But that's a whole nother element now that we have to think about as singers. Right. We, we I remember didn't grow getting up some notes. Hmm? I remember getting some notes from a director uh, during one of the Met HD broadcasts where a note came in and said, Hey, you're standing behind so and so. And because of the distortion of the camera, I was like triple size. And, and they were like, we can, you know, like your face is so present in this moment 
and there was no other place that I could be. I was going to be in this shot. They were like, just realize that in this moment where I thought I was way in the back in the dark, they were like, you're as clear as day. Don't pick your nose or whatever. Like, just make, <laughs> make sure, make sure you're keeping your character because you are really present right here. And I thought, I, I, we, I never thought that I would get notes from a movie director, you know, like, oh, another person in here telling us what to do. Yeah, oh, but it's, you know what? that's actually kind of brilliant because you could have looked like a total douchebag standing. Totally. Oh yeah, no, like, I appreciate oh, it. <laughs> oh, I'm not on camera. Okay. Come on, camera. Oh, but these are my colleagues that... trying to make me laugh in the middle of a show. Like it happens all the time. Oh, I, those are my favorite does. moments ever. Favorite moments ever. Yeah. Rusalka. Oh, I couldn't. Here help comes it. up to me it, when I mute Rusalka. <laughs> In the second act, and she just comes up to me and like, and then she walks away. I can remember I doing a Rigoletto in Chicago, and Frank Lepardo would take um, props from Frank. from the tables, and he would just pick them up, and then he would just come hand them to you as if that was part of the show. And now you'd be standing there with a lamp in your hand, <laughs> bastard, like he's trying to make you laugh, or Frank he's got coins in his pocket. He's got coins in his pocket, and he's rolling them into the prompter's box. You're like. <laughs> Oh my God, I love that. He was scene. the worst. He he and Christine Gerke had long running uh, pranks going on at the Metropolitan Opera on stage. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. Yeah. During the magic flute. I mean, oh my God. <laughs> like, ah! Okay, Christian, other than singing and raising a fan, having a family, do you have hobbies that you love to do? Not podcast. Not podcast. Um, I, I paint. I like to think that I'm a painter oh. to some extent. Um, I started a long time ago, 90% of what I've done will never see the light of day. Uh, okay. and, and, and then the 2% of the last 10% I would ever show anyone. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I started off doing watercolors and moved into acrylics and oils and, and, um, it's, uh, uh very important to me when I can do it. It's not always easy. It's not, you know, it's not always easy to travel with it. I traveled yeah. with watercolor stuff for a long time. Oh. Wow. Uh, but you know, we just live in all these beautiful wow. places and I and I started just capturing where I was. I love that. That's, That's cool. cool. You'll have to maybe maybe you can share one with us. Sure. Yeah, I could share one. I could I'm sure I could find something. Okay. Well, maybe maybe we'll we'll just put it up. So, <laughs> we're, we're, what's going on next for you? Well, can't wink it a wink. <laughs> <laughs> most famous bass baritone in the world. <laughs> the most famous bass baritone in the world can't get out of his country and so CBH is jumping in and I'll get to go sing with my dear Sandra and Kaleha and Marco Amarliato we're going to go to Malta and 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 make our way through a Verdi Requiem. Okay, I I need a favor. I need you to get into that man's house, Kaleha's house and go into his cave like wherever he has water or something down in some cave. And I need a singing video down there. I need it. You got it. You got yeah. it. Can we, should and we do I'll, it together? And yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I want to hear that. It, it'll break. He has a grotto. Are you saying he has a grotto like the Playboy Mansion? Yeah. He's got some. I, I have a feeling. I need video. Okay. So, no, but I really <laughs> need, I need some video of Kaleha. And he also needs to cook for you. Because I. Yeah. It, yeah. And, and we and need I'm to drink his stop. wine. I'm not going to stop until he drunkenly does my podcast, too. Like, that's very important to me. <laughs> he does impressions just watch out and he you, thinks you he's think funny. i don't know that's you think the I don't worst know? i have i have lived with his trump impression for four years like it's a nightmare it's all he, it's all he's got <laughs> nothing else 
Okay. One last question. Do you read your reviews? Yeah, sure. Yeah, of course. Uh, you know what? I was, I was, um, for 10 years, I sang tiny roles and, and those tiny roles were only mentioned if it went great. Mm. Nobody ever said, uh, you know, Mazzetto was a piece of garbage. And so if, if my name was in print, it was good. And so, um, now, now that I sing big stuff and bigger things, now the reviews are turning the corner where the criticism is real. And, uh, and, and now it's starting to affect me where I've gone, well, definitely don't read that blog anymore. Like, okay, that one's, that one's, we're not going to read. Don't, you know, don't read, uh, that message board comments. Don't read, don't read YouTube comments. God, please don't read YouTube comments. That, that has ruined a night for me more than once where I was like, what the fuck is that? You know, or my mother, my mother will write to me and be like, somebody Ooh. said the following and she'll tell me, you know, somebody said this on your YouTube video. And I'm like, I didn't even put that video up. I, I what? Mom, mom, why are you telling me this? But, but oh, I for know. years I read them. I read them because if my name was mentioned, it was good. And not to say that I'm great, but only if I, if I did get mentioned, it was in a good way. Okay. Well, they, they can be constructive criticism too. If you have thick skin, if you can yeah. take the, and, and if you don't believe all the good ones and then don't believe the bad ones, like, yeah. you know, you have to believe it all and you have I to take it all I hope it doesn't affect in. the way I do things, but it, it is okay. important to know how you're viewed, I think, by, by people you trust. I mean, if it's uh, Tomasini in the New York Times and he says, my God, he had an off night, I should probably hear that. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, I don't, but if, if it's some you know god awful catty blog, you know, comment yeah. section, that, right. doesn't, that doesn't really hold weight. But don't you know it? I mean, I know when I walk off stage, if I'm very, being very real and honest with myself, what that was. Was that yeah. good? Was that bad? Was that, you know, where was I in the spectrum of things? I know. So then I can handle what, reading the reviews because. But do you think you've ever had a bad night? You were just like, oh, that was bad. Yes, I have. Yeah. I've had moments where I'm like, well, that could have gone better. But I never thought overall I didn't tell the story or didn't put on, put on the show I was supposed to. If if my voice was at ninety percent and instead of a hundred, okay, that fine. But but um, I never thought that I had that I didn't do my job. Well, no, I mean I always do my job, but I mean there's there's a scale of that was an amazing night and this was a eh, okay night and right, that right. was like damn girl maybe you shouldn't have sung that night. <laughs> But that usually involves illness. I mean, illness. I walked on the yeah, stage yeah, yeah, you know, when I shouldn't have. Like, I sang a trevatory in Chicago, and God knows how I got through that with walking pneumonia. But right. like oh, yeah. Jerry said, probably shouldn't have done that. But yeah. mom's got a pair of bills, you know? I sang, I sang with the Cleveland Orchestra at Carnegie Hall, and 1,000% should have canceled, and I didn't. And I went on, and... Um, I coughed my way through the whole dumb thing. It was a, my voice, you know, I, I even had a, uh, I went and saw the doctor and had the steroid shot and all that stuff. And it was still just like my cords were so swollen. It was not happening. And I was, <laughs> I shouldn't have gone on. And I was so worried about the review. Uh, and, and the review came out and they were like, well, it was clear that he was struggling with an illness, but that didn't seem to affect blah, 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 blah. But I thought, oh my God, I pulled off a magic trick. But in your head, while it's happening, you're like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever done. Yeah. <laughs> I should not be out wow. here <laughs> in the hotel. You have fucked up CVH. That's like yeah. the inner monologue the whole time. <laughs> I've also like late, I feel like in the last, I don't know, five years, maybe even longer, that the art of reviewing, the people that are reviewing us really don't know the business. They don't know the history of the singers. They don't know the history of the art form. 
Um, it's just, let somebody go out there and do this. And so I really stop, unless it's somebody I know who knows this business, I just don't really give a shit to be quite honest. Yeah, it, It'll ruin your breakfast. It won't ruin your dinner. Like it's, you go, Oh, too bad. You know, Especially when they like rave about some singer that night who really was just a hot damn mess. I mean, we all knew it. Everybody <laughs> knew it. The administration knew it, you know, and they, they say that they're like the next second coming. I'm like, okay, you have no idea what you're talking about. So I remember. Are you ready for rapid fire? Yeah. Or yeah. is there anything, oh. you want else, anything else you want to talk about Christian? Uh, you guys are so beautiful and so nice to have me on. I saw Sandra, we were getting our COVID test. Like, well, the first day I was here, Oh, look how sexy I am. My God, excuse me. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, we were, we were getting our, we were getting our COVID tests and, um, and, uh, I hadn't seen Sarge in a while. And probably within the first two sentences, she says, will you do screaming divas? And she like put her finger up. Will you do screaming divas? And I said, yeah, try and stop me. And I said, will you do the CVH podcast? And she says, yes. And I was like, ah, oh, I've got her. She made a terrible mistake in inviting Tit me for on. Tat. She has okay. to do mine. <laughs> um, can we, are we forgetting that I'm the one that asked you on Instagram like three months ago. Yes, well, right, but that, but I, I thought, well, you've got Thomas Hampson and Peter Gelb to get through. I, I thought, all right, in about a year and a half when they're like dumpster diving, she'll remember that she wrote this message to me. No, I don't. <laughs> when Rufus Wainwright are... isn't available anymore, Kate Rufus. Walsh. You know. <laughs> all right, rapid fire. Yeah, rapid fire. Okay. Go, girl. What is the most beloved thing that you own? I have a, a cannon that was a small cannon uh, made out of steel that was given to me, copper and steel, given to me by my teacher the first time I sang Mephistopheles in 2001 college 20 years ago. Cool. Okay. Cool. Nice. I would be very sad. That's like everything else in my life, every, all the other, every other possession in my life can be replaced. This, this is irreplaceable. Replaceable. Nice. Love it. Best wardrobe malfunction in a show. I had a mustache fall off midline uh, in a Rigoletto in Chicago, and I was singing Count Soprano. And as I was singing, the mustache flipped, like one side flipped out and was like, you know, in the breeze with my voice. And then I very discreetly pulled the rest of it off and <laughs> continued my show. You're like... <laughs> Oh no! How did you start laughing, or your colleagues weren't they laughing? Well, I don't. I refuse. Nobody will ever glue any facial hair on my face again. I refuse. Like I'm not. I don't. <laughs> I have PTSD from that moment. I'm not <laughs> allowing anybody to glue something to my face ever again. <laughs> oh, best best advice you've ever been given. Uh, this is a slow burn. Oh, you want to do this as well as you can for as long as you can. That came from Greg Henkel. Um, he said, this, this is a slow burn CVH. There is no rush here. You, you don't need five flashy years. You need 30 rock solid years. Slow burn. Okay. What's a lie you recently told? Ooh. A lie I recently told. Hey, that's a good one. Yeah. Right. Evil. I don't know. It's so big. Just kidding. <laughs> it's so average. Oh, I have no idea. Dear friend, Carrie. I, I, I can't think of one. I don't know. I probably lied about my weight. Probably said I was much smaller than I actually am. Okay. Okay. I don't know. That's a bad answer. You... That's not interesting or funny, but. Okay, fine. Then what's the last thing you Googled? Uh, should I check? 
probably screendivas.com because I found out you had a website. And I was like, they have a website. Wait a second. Do I need oh, a website? Yeah, we do you podcasts know? too. We're fancy as hell, man. Well, I knew that. I knew that, but I was like, we have a website? Hmm. Let me look. Okay. If you were a fragrance, what would it be called? <laughs> Reliable. <laughs> I keep filling in. I keep jumping in for all the cancelers. That's my that's my latest thing is 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 uh, fixing fixing the problem. So, you know, the fixer or reliable. I love it. <laughs> it's okay. Someday okay. they'll realize they should just hire me first. There you go. Ding, 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 ding. Okay, I know you work out a lot. So do you have, is there a no fail motivation song? I guess maybe for working out or for singing or whatever, no fail motivation. No fail motivation. Uh, I have a playlist. It's some of it's very angry. Most of it is um, 70s classic rock. Um, yes. I'm trying to think. What's what's number one on there? Uh, I think the first the the workout mix that I have now. This is pretty angry music, but it's um, Metallica's Master of Puppets. I'm not a heavy metal fan, but this thing will get you out of bed in the morning and get you okay. like it's, it's angry. So it's like get to the gym right now. Get there. Go go you, go, you, go, you go. Both you know. I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, we both know why you're here. Get your fat ass moving. You're know, like, get it done. Uh, it's angry music, and I'm I'm not a heavy metal fan, but but it, it definitely moves me. Are you still working out in the morning there? Like even when you travel, is morning your still go to for workouts? Yeah, I have my TRX here. If I don't do it in the morning, I won't do it. Okay. Uh, I did finally get myself into the gym down the street. It took some finagling, but I did. I heard that uh, on your get podcast. Myself in. If I don't do it in the morning, yep. I won't go. Um, FYI, people. Yeah. Let, wait, I don't remember what number episode that was, but that was a good episode. I really enjoyed. That was it. a good episode. Of you going to the Solomon doctor. told you about oh, that, right? Did Solomon? Yeah, that's right. Because I talk with him about it. Yeah, he's like, you gotta, you gotta fudge, you gotta fudge the doctor's yeah. note. Go, we got a doctor who plays ball, but I went in there and the guy didn't speak a lick of English, and I was like, hey, all right, all right, buddy. Pray. How bad do you want that? Um, you know, but I have to say, like your storytelling of that was really, I loved it because it was very descriptive. I could picture it and see it the whole time. Oh, so I really yeah. enjoyed that. I really loved that. That was really. Oh, that was, that was a fun one. Yeah, so go listen to that, people. Okay, the last person that you kind of fanboyed over celebrity, over meeting, or just anybody. Um, um, fanboyed. I don't know, it's been well, a long guess, time since I've met a celebrity. I guess it's in a pandemic. You're not going to meet. I know. Nobody recently. I, I, I worked uh, with Roger Waters once. He wrote a, uh, uh, he wrote an opera, and... Um, and and he wanted some legitimate singers, and so I I got to work with him. And I was a clear Pink Floyd fan when I was a kid, and so there I was pretending to be cool with uh, you know a rock god. And um, and so I probably I I like kept it in check because the second you act like a fan, you're not going to be at the dinner table. And so I just kept it in check. But inside, I'm like, oh my god, I'm sitting here with a rock <laughs> legend, and I'm and he's like interested in me. And so maybe that was probably the last one. Okay. Yeah. Um. I feel like I know the answer to this question, but I'm curious to see what you're going to say. What is your guilty pleasure? Yeah. You feel like you know. I do. Yeah. <laughs> listen, I listen to your podcast. I feel like I know you more, even though we really haven't had that many conversations in life. Yeah. I feel like I know you more because I'm listening to this podcast. So what is your answer? And then I'll tell you if, if I think I'm guessed right. Um, THC. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> 
Hmm. Uh, you know, an, yeah. Oh, if if my lovely friends happen to have some, yes. But it's been difficult. I've only, you know, I've been off since we got here until somebody brought me some. Uh, but otherwise, uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, it's the best uh, sleep aid I've ever had. Uh, I have a lot of trouble sleeping and I'm lucky to get five hours. Uh, and with just a little bit of help, I can make that six or seven. And so I, I don't hesitate to to take that daily, uh, just at the end of the night, not not in an, in an attempt to be high, but in an attempt to have a good night's sleep. And I, there's nothing better. And it's I've tried Ambien and all that other shit. And that's the worst. Those drugs Ugh, are the worst. And, and drinking is no good way to help you fall asleep either. Um, no, because then you just wake up. It's not a it's not a restful night. Uh, no. But yeah, I have found that just a little bit of weed will definitely do the trick. Nice. It does. It really does. We all need to work in, in uh, COC again. Hey, Perrin. Yeah, well, you know, there's about nine states in the in the country that that you can now just go pick it up at 7-Eleven. <laughs> Tennessee is not one of them, I'm afraid. It is. <laughs> Come to Canada. <laughs> we have two stores in our little town already open. Oh, yeah. No, they're the best. It's so ridiculous. How many people's lives have been lost from drinking? Nobody's life have, has ever been lost from a little bit of pot. It's ridiculous. No, I agree with that. We're living my mom in the does it. Stone age. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I, I gave it to my mother too. She had terrible, terrible back stuff, and I brought her some, and it was like the first time she had relief that wasn't a, a narcotic. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. it works. My oh, mom has it. Parkinson's, and I'm telling you. Oh, that's it's brilliant for them. Brilliant. It All that helps that her so much. Way down. The shaking, she's able to walk, she's able to speak and pronounce clearly. I mean, she, it clears people her mind. Eating, it, it, for people dealing with cancer and, and they have trouble eating or, and they're losing weight, this sparks their appetite. It's, uh, I don't know, it's ridiculous that this is illegal in places. I terrible, terrible stigma. Yeah, I agree. It, it, if done properly, you know, so. You don't have to be smoking a joint behind your school when you're 16. You no. know, there's like 85 ways to ingest this that aren't like low class. You know? Edibles, it's the way to go. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Gary, I'm gonna mix it up today. No, I want. Sorry, I just want a photograph of me like smoking a doobie and be like, "Hey, here's your low class pick a carry off from a Christian Van Horn." <laughs> no. I'm trying no. to find you a painting. Let me see if I can find one. A what? A painting. Keep going. Yes. Go. Okay. If you ask for a painting. painting I'm gonna office. show you one. You have one I'm... in your office, right? At home. There is one. So. There's a, my, uh, that's the one I want to show you is my, a line that I painted. There it is. Here he is. Let's, Let's see. see. It's huge. This is huge. This is, it's four by three. Oh, that's so cool. That's amazing. And did you have any training with that? I, I, I had um, a, a lot of watercolor training, but not with acrylic. Cool. Um, it was sort of a style that needed to be figured out. Here's another one. Oh, wow. that's so awesome. I love it. That's really cool. Once I decided that it didn't have to be beautiful, then it was then it was okay. Like I didn't I, I didn't necessarily need to to have it look like some Dutch master. You know, it just had to be yeah. what I wanted it to be, and then and then I was satisfied with it. Cool. It's kind of like with singing too, isn't it? In a lot of ways, right? I mean, I'm still trying to sound like the people who went before me, but the second you sort of just realize, just be you. Just that's you enough. It yeah. is enough always. Ding ding ding. Okay, okay, it's my turn, and I'm asking it. Mm. Oh, okay, go. What is your favorite swear word, Christian Van Horn? I've never asked that in all of our interviews. It's always my question. Mm -hmm. I'll go to motherfucker a lot. Yeah, that's pretty classic. Though it's not it's not even that interesting, but I, oh, I, cool. you can use it in so many different ways. You know, whether or not you're angry or just proud motherfucker. You know, like there's there's plenty of good ways that it works. 
Yep. Look, look at this motherfucker. I've used that one a lot too. Like somebody cuts you off. Look at this motherfucker, you know, in front of my boy. Mm. I was like, Oh God, please don't. You know? Yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's not going to last too much longer. I mean, you know, any son of mine was probably going to use some language. As long as it's used at the appropriate time. Uh, I say, don't say it in front of Nana. Okay, buddy. Don't, <laughs> don't say it at school. Don't say it in front of Nana. And otherwise it's okay. It's okay. Last one. Please. Sure. Okay. No, no. Christian Van Horn, worst habit you'll never break. Worst habit I'll never break. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I have a martini habit I kind of like, <laughs> but sometimes, <laughs> but sometimes I break it just to make sure I'm in charge of it. Okay. So, I, yep. so maybe yeah. I, maybe I do break that on occasion. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for your time today. Thank you guys. I really enjoyed being a part of this. This is a lot of fun. You guys are great. This, so are this show is going to be wildly successful. I know it is already, but uh, you know, just keep doing it because it works. We're same having fun. Yeah, yeah. And you Thank too. You. Yeah. Same to you. Yeah. We have a good time, right? Why not? I mean, what the hell? What else is there? I mean, opera singers are real people. We're not like these divas and divos of, of old that is over. So yeah. Nobody's meeting us at the airport to take our photograph for the paper, right? Maybe Sandra. Maybe Sandra. No, <laughs> no I was only met by police at the airport. Yeah. Police escort. We were, we've heard, we've all heard that story now. I was like, I was like, yeah, we know you're famous. We get it. No, no, but everybody on the plane thought I wasn't famous. <laughs> I thought that I They're did They're taking something. her away. They're taking her away. <laughs> for one second, you were like, shit. I had that, I had that pot tea in my bag. Did they find it? I know. It? <laughs> Oh yeah, when they put their little hands on your shoulders, you know, you're thinking, oh, this doesn't feel like a nice escort. <laughs> I told you, I was I was escorted through the Ottawa airport by by two by two policemen for all the wrong reasons, and and everybody looks at you. Everybody, they're like, well, there goes a terrorist. Clearly, yep. terrorist. That was, yep. that was and I already episode. look a little Middle Eastern. Like I already, I, I'm like, I feel like they're, they're immediately like profiling me or something. Like people are oh, like, hey, no. wait a second, don't profile him. That's that was a good podcast too. I enjoyed that one. That story you were like just and and the best part to me in that story was that you were like I'm gonna hold on to this lie, man. I'm gonna hold on till the very end, and you just lied and lied and lied and lied and lied. And finally, the dude was like, "Come on, like that. Come on, <laughs> just tell the truth." Well, they they keep track. They keep track of how many. They keep track because you have like a printout, and then you answer the next guy's questions, then you answer the next guy. And I had fourteen false statements <laughs> and it was like you're pot committed you're pot committed you're like well i'm going i'm going all in i've come this far i know <laughs> not realizing i'm such a dummy and i should have realized it's these guys job to catch you lying they're better at this than you why would you have ever tried this i just wanted to skip the stupid yeah. Uh, work line. Yeah. I was going to cost me two hours and I had to get to rehearsal. I didn't, I was just trying to skip this dumb line. I was only in town for a few days. It cost thousands. It cost thousands because I had to get out. Of, I had to leave immediately. They, I was denied yep. entry and I had to go back to the United States. And there was only one flight and it only went one place. <laughs> and I called Kelly and I said, well, I, I need um, a plane ticket out of here. It has to land in the States and it has to leave within the next 60 minutes. And so she's like, desperately <laughs> desperately trying to she goes well you're going to boston dummy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> did she yell at you oh no she didn't yell at me it was mother's day which was unfortunate timing but um um <laughs> but she got me on a she got me on a plane 
uh, back through Toronto the next day and then on to Ottawa. And I, and it was, everything was fine, but uh, I'm, I'm red flagged in Canada forever. Forever. Uh, I can go back, but I, I just go right to the line. <laughs> I say way too much truth. It's only truth out of my mouth. Like I'm like hundred percent here to work. I'm definitely here to work guys. I have all my papers. <laughs> it's true, isn't I, it? Don't lie to border guides. Canada's, no. I think, the only place I've ever had trouble with. And it was actually leaving because I had a chef. I used to travel with a chef's knife. And uh, and then oh, trying yeah, to get yeah. back in the United States with a chef's knife. They they pulled my ass. They wanted to keep me there. And my wife had a keychain pepper spray uh, in her bag on keys when we went into Canada. And, they, you know, when we were driving in and the guy says, do you have any weapons, pepper spray? And I just, I paused. I just paused for a second. I didn't say yes. I just paused. Shit. And then he was like, bring your car over to the side there. And this was like, pull every last goddamn thing out of the car. Ooh. We had been traveling for four months. We had been in Santa Fe, oh. everything, oh. every suitcase, ev the whole like real criminals. We were there for four hours. Oh. I mean, because I hesitated when he said pepper yep. spray. I was like, I can only imagine what it's like trying to get into the United States as a foreigner. It's gotta be a horrific because if the US Canadians are worse. who are lovely, wonderful people, if they're this nasty, for us, yeah. what are we doing to them? The U.S. border guards are the worst. Coming they just wave Canada. us across. I got my global reentry. They high five me. They're like, "Oh, yeah. you got Cubans and five Rolexes? Run on in. Come on, no problem." Well, you know, there is a special. There's a special. If you're driving into Toronto, there is one point of entry just for people now with Nexus card. So you yes. don't even meet anybody. You just put your card up. It's the Just best. So you, don't, oh, all right. so you don't have to lie. The next time I drive through. Yes, it's right by the oh. Rainbow Bridge. <laughs> no more lying, Christian Van Horn. Yeah, I learned my lesson the Just hard way. No. It could have been much worse. Could have been much worse. You're right. All right. <laughs> all the best Thank for you your ladies. show. Toy, toy, Thank toy. you so much for having me. Yeah, I'll see you again, Sandra. I'll see you very yes. soon. Terry, I hope soon. Me too. All right. Yeah. Be, Be well, safe. Guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye.